0: Thanks for joining us for this message from Awakened Church. We believe in the power of God's word, and we pray that you are encouraged by this message. Now, lean in as we hear from Pastor Kevin Miller. Uh, today, is Luke 17, and I, I want to start today by reading uh, the text that, that that God gave me to share with you today. I got to tell you that um, when we were reading, as we've been reading the New Testament Psalms and Proverbs together throughout 2020. We read Luke chapter 17 back at the beginning of March this year. It was right before everything really kind of s- spun out of control. And um, and I, I I just knew it was a message that not only God had used powerfully in my life, but that he wanted me to at some point share with you. And so I've just been for the last four months asking God, when is the right time? When when is When can I share it? And I'm really excited to share it with you today. It's a text of scripture that, God is really using in my heart right now, and uh, even just over the last couple days, couple weeks, as I've shared with a couple people here and there about this, I've gotten choked up just talking about it, and I think there's so much depth in what God wants to say to us today, and so I'm praying that I would be able to communicate it in the way that that God wants it. Um, Luke 17, starting in verse 7. Jesus is uh, speaking to a group of his disciples, so that's kind of the the context. He's just talked to them about faith. And now this is a lesson we need to learn about faithfully serving God. Luke 17, verse 7, Jesus says, Will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, Come at once and recline at table? Will he not rather say to him, Prepare supper for me and dress properly? And serve me while I eat and drink. And afterward, you will eat and drink. Does he thank the servant because he did what he was commanded to do? Verse 10. So you also, here's the kicker, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. I believe that this is a word we need to hear in our, in our day and age. Um, many of you grew up using a phrase like I did. Uh, it's the phrase, that's not fair. Okay? Parents, you may be doing your best like we are to rid that phrase from your, your home. But I grew up saying it uh, basically about everything. I just felt like my whole life was unfair. You know, my, the food proportions were unfair. I have to eat how much of what? That's unfair. That's not fair. I, I have to go to bed when? That's not fair. I am fill in the blank. I should be able to stay up later than that. Uh, the, the curfew is what? That's not fair. Well, why can't I just come home tomorrow, right? <laughs> what's, what's the big deal? That's not fair. I felt like so many rules that were put in place were, well, that's not fair. You're just making rules to make my life hard, whatever it is, right? And I used the phrase over and over and over because we live, let's embrace this for a moment, we live in the age of entitlement, don't we? We live in the age of entitlement where everybody is offended about something. And if you are one of those, buckle up because I'm going to offend you today, Okay? everybody's offended about something, everybody is owed something, everybody's a victim of something, and now I'm not downplaying that we've all been through challenging things. I'm just saying we live in the age of entitlement where we think everybody owes us something, and this is dangerous. So what we, what we want to do today is really kind of like go to war against that mindset because here's, here's the danger with this. Listen very closely. I believe our, our entitlement as though we feel God owes us something is killing our intimacy with God. One of the fastest ways to kill your intimacy with God is to think that he owes you some sort of blessing and wait around for him to pay you for your faithfulness. So we're going to go to war against that mindset today. I'm I'm entitling this message, Death to Entitlement. Would you write that down? Death to Entitlement. We want to kill entitlement today. Because what, what we really want to do is we want to change the way we posture ourselves towards serving God, following Jesus. And this message is, is a lot of it geared toward those of us who are followers of Jesus. But I pray even if you're not, today you would not, first of all, you wouldn't tune me out. But secondly, that God would draw you into this, this life of following and serving Jesus. Because no matter how challenging it is, come on, Christians, it's worth it. You with me on that? No matter what we face. So we want to change our posture today from I have to serve God to I get to serve God. Like, imagine if we if we made that switch, how this would change the way we look at, at at the scripture, the way we look at God, because we are not God is not in debt to us; it's vice versa. We are always in in debt to God. There will never be a a, a thing you can do to put God in a place where He owes you something. And so today, I hope that you feel this as a, this this message. I hope that you you receive this as not a a, a pushy demand to pay up, but I hope that you receive it as a a gentle reminder of the honor that it is to be a servant of the master. That's the goal today. So here's what I want to do. I want to share three, what I'm calling declarations. And I hope that you'll write these down, first of all, wherever you're watching this message, hope you write them down. And I hope that you'll be able, if you can't, even if you can't say them in agreement or by faith today, I hope you'll still write them down. And my prayer is that we'll be able to get to the place where we can say this about ourselves, about our our own lives. I'm going to give you three things from Luke 17. Number one, I pray this is a declaration we can make over our lives. Write this down. Faithfulness will define me because faith empowers me. I pray that we can say this, this statement that, that my life is empowered by faith, and so because of that, I am known for faithfulness. I'm going to be a faithful servant in whatever it is that God calls me to. Now, look at Luke 17 with me real quick. Verses 7 through 9 give kind of the, the vantage point from the, the eyes of the master, Jesus is asking these questions. Would a master do this? Would a master do that? If you had a servant, would you allow this to take place? But then it switches, you might notice in verse 10. Jesus says, so you also. What he's saying is, now let's take our cues from this servant, Jesus is saying. We are the servants of the story. So let's look a little bit about this this faithful servant. You might notice in verses 7 through 8 that this servant is kind of a jack of all trades. I don't know if you noticed this. He's in the field plowing. He's in the field watching sheep. When he comes in, he's a chef. He's supposed to dress properly. He's a servant to his master in in many different ways. And I love this because it's a good reminder that here's what this guy's doing. When the outside work is done, there's more work to do on the inside. Great reminder for us that when you have completed one assignment for the master, that doesn't mean you're done. That means you move on to the next assignment. And when that assignment is over, you move on to the next assignment. And until we breathe our last, there are always new ways for us to serve our master right? There's always a new assignment. Now, some of them look similar. Some of them feel very different. But the faithful servant, follow me on this, the faithful servant has no time to stand around and wait for thanks and payment. There's more work to get done. I I don't have time to stand around and hope somebody noticed me or hope that I get paid for what I did. I just got done with that assignment. Now I'm on to the next. That's a life of faithfulness. So when we talk about faith and faithfulness, let's, let's clarify what, what we're talking about here. Because faith that does not lead to faithfulness is useless. In fact, I would, I would say this. Faith that does not lead to useful usefulness is actually just belief. What's the difference between faith and belief? Faith promotes action and obedience in our lives. Belief, James chapter two, the the, the author uh, James says, even the demons believe in God and tremble. We don't want just belief. We want faith that moves us into action and faithfulness. And so I I think the question for us here to consider is, has my faith only changed my eternal destination or has it changed me right now in the life that I'm living? Now, here's why I ask that, because I would argue that if you have the type of quote unquote faith that has only given you a free ride to heaven but hasn't changed you now, I would argue it hasn't actually changed your eternal destination. You tracking with me? I know it's not super encouraging, but I guess that's not what I'm out to do today. I'm out to just say, listen, if if, we, if our lives, if faith in God is empowering us, it will lead us to a life of faithfulness. Why is that? Well, think about it. Isn't this just logical? If the creator of the universe lives inside of you, How could you stay the same like you always were before you knew Jesus? How could you? You can't possibly be who you used to be when now you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Come on. God will change you. You can't stay the same. So if your faith has changed your eternal destination, I would argue it would change your life right now. And if it hasn't, maybe there's an additional step you need to take because I wonder if you really understand what faith in Christ is all about. It's about faithful service to the master, just like this servant. So I pray that we will be able to say, faithfulness will define me because faith empowers me. I'm not talking about a life of perfection. I'm talking about a life of faithfulness. And when you fail, not if, when you fail, you own it, you get back up, and you keep moving, right? Faithfulness will define us. Declaration number two, would you write this down? I will not wait around for thanks. I will give thanks. Come on. What if we had a lot more people who did that? I'm not going to wait around for somebody to notice me. I'm just going to be thankful. The Bible says I always have a reason to be thankful, so I'm going to live that out. Verse 7, I think, describes how we like to have our rewards. Jesus says, well, one of you who has a servant, say to him when he is coming from the field, come at once and recline. Isn't that how we like our rewards? At once. Overnight shipping, pizza in 30 minutes or less. I ain't got time to wait. The other day, I ordered batteries from Amazon and they were at my doorstep three hours later. I was like, Jeff Bezos, are you in my house somewhere? How did this happen? How's that, how's that possible? Creepy fast, right? We love, we live in this age of instant gratification where we want things quickly. I want to do the work and immediately get rewarded for it. I want to pray, and I want to pray on Monday and by Monday afternoon have it resolved. At once. I did the work. God, I prayed. like you said, I prayed. Can I, can I now ha- at once have my reward? Or at minimum, what we want is verse nine, to at least be thanked for our work. We want to at least be noticed for it. We want to at least feel appreciated. Why? Because when we get noticed, doesn't it stroke our ego a little bit? feels good, doesn't it? I did something. Somebody noticed. Strokes our ego. Can I remind you, your ego is not your amigo, folks. (laughs) It is not helpful. And the bigger your ego gets, the more problems you're going to have. And it's really easy to pat ourselves on the back and begin to give in to this thing, this lie that God owes us some sort of blessing because of all of our hard work. I, I've, I've, uh, I've had people tell this to me over the years. We're close to 11 years into church planting now. We've been plowing hard. We're closer now than ever to, to renovating here. But my gosh, we've been working toward renovating for like five years People were like, man, surely after all of the hard work, God's got something coming for you. And sure, I'm praying for that, and I believe that's the case, but He certainly doesn't owe that to us. Like, let's come on, let's not settle into this mindset. Well, because I worked so hard, God now owes us. We, we may not ever say that, but it's really easy to start thinking because I worked so long, I prayed so hard, I did all of these things, that now God's in a place where I've forced him into a position of being in debt to me. Uh, never going to happen. Can't happen. That's, that's, that's impossible. Let me, let me ask you this. What if it gets harder before it gets better? What if you have to pray a lot longer before you see any progress? You're going to be faithful because if your faith has changed your eternal destination, it'll change you right now as well. So you'll be this, this, this faithful servant. Now I, I understand that this kind of requires a a mindset shift in the way that we look at life and serving Jesus, because this is not the, the natural way to look at this here. Um, Follow this line of logic. Think about it this way. When serving is an obligation, then we're going to wait around for our payment, right? But when serving God is viewed as a privilege, watch this, serving becomes the reward. Do You see that? So, So if I approach serving Jesus as I have to do this, I'll do this, but there better be some reward in this for me. When I approach serving as an obligation, then I'm going to just automatically stand around waiting for my blessing to come, waiting for my payment, waiting for my attention, waiting to be noticed, waiting to be praised. I'm going I'm to wait for that. That becomes my, what I think I want as my reward. But when we approach it from, God, what, what do you want me to do? I'm here, I'm here to serve however I can do that in my neighborhood, in my home, in my family, uh, wherever, wherever you have me, God, I'm just honored to be a part of it, then we're not waiting around for thanks. Serving is all the things that we need. That's the honor to just be a part of this. And so if you're waiting for payment, maybe, maybe that's kind of, you know, here's Jesus talking about this hypothetical situation. You think this servant? Is just like waiting around to be thanks? Listen, if you're waiting around for God to pay you, can I remind you, he already paid. Over and above any place you'll ever be. Like when we get to heaven and, and we go, we go I, I get to worship God because he's so worthy of it. And, and if we're a thousand years into heaven, guess what? We still haven't paid back the debt that we owe to God. And so then when, we, when we've been there 10,000 years, as the song goes, still it won't be enough. Let's try a billion years worshiping and serving Jesus in heaven, never enough. How about all of the rest of eternity, time never stops, still never enough. God has paid over and above. I guess what I'm trying to say is if God doesn't answer one more prayer of yours, if he doesn't give one more blessing, if there's not one more thing coming from heaven, guess what? God's done more than enough. He's, he's already gone way over and above. He's given us far more than we deserve. And so I'm not going to wait around. I don't have time to wait around for God to pay me or thank me or notice me. I'm just going to like, when I get done with the task on the outside, I'm going to go to the task on the inside. And when I get done with that, I'm just going to go on to the next one. I want to be a faithful servant. We'll never get to a place where we've put God in a place where he owes us. We will always owe him. He paid. Don't wait around for payment. He already paid. Over and above. Here's a third declaration for you. This one, I want to make my life motto. Number three, write it down. All I want in life is to do all I was commanded. That's it. It may not sound that eloquent. I don't care. All I want in life is to just do everything God told me to do. That's it. Again, I'm not saying that you'll be perfect. But I I, I pray that if you can't say this by faith just yet, I pray one day you'll be able to. All I want in life is to just do what I was commanded. At the end of my life, when I breathe my last on this earth, I'm going to stand in front of Jesus And I hope, now I imagine when I'm standing in front of Jesus, I'll just be like a puddle of tears, you know? But I hope Luke 17.10 comes to my mind. Jesus, I'm just an unworthy servant. I have just done what was my duty. I don't need thanks. Thank you for using me. I... I I was thinking a lot this week about life and death and the legacy we leave. I had a really unique experience with uh, my granddad. He's uh, 92 years old, turns 93 next month, has lived a long life of of faith. Um, It's not perfect. He'll tell you that. None of us are. But I got to go uh, with my sister to Seattle this week and visit he and his wife. And I had this moment It was so special to me. I'm so glad that God allowed this to happen where uh, one morning I I woke up and I grabbed my Bible and I was going out to the back porch to go read for a little bit. And as I made my way through their house, I found my granddad in his living room reading his Bible. And I just said, hey, hey, good morning. What do you what do you read and tell me a little bit about it? And so uh, he told me and I told him, yeah, our church is reading through Psalms right now as we read through our, our Bible reading plan for the year. And he said, I love the Psalms. He said, let me tell you my my favorite psalm. So watch this. Psalm 103, he shared some verses from it. And this is so special. I want you to think about this from my 92-year-old Jesus-following grandpa to his grandson. Listen, here's what he says. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it and it's gone. And its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And his righteousness to children's children. That's me. To those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. It was such a powerful moment as I was sitting there with him. And he is proof. That the man who fears the Lord, God's righteousness, is on his children's children. That's me. From my granddad. And We all are, are going to leave something behind when we, when we breathe our last. And I want the confidence that my granddad has at 92. Let me tell you how you get it. It's through the surrender that you can have in, in the Lord at age 22. 42 and 62. How can you be confident in 92? You let go of the things you hold so tight right now and surrender to the master, thanking God for the opportunity to be a part of what he's done, right? Because when when, when the servant says, I'm an unworthy servant, I want to just clarify, that does not mean worthless servant. That is just a humble recognition that God has done more than, more for me than I'll ever be able to do for him. It's just that humble recognition. And so you know what this does to me? This is, this is helping me realign the things that maybe, maybe we thought that we wanted. Because at the end of life, I, I, we're just not going to care about all the stuff that we thought we wanted on this earth. In light of Jesus, it's just not going to matter. Like, I I think the reality is we could just say, I don't need to be famous. I just want to be faithful. I don't need to be, quote, unquote, successful. I just want to serve. I don't need to be honored. I am honored to be a part of what God is doing. I don't need a single person to know my name. I exist so everybody could know his name. That's it. That's all I want. God, at the end of my life, I just want to get to a place where I just go, Jesus, I'm an unworthy servant. I've just done what was my duty. And so, when you have done all that you were commanded, is a good reminder to us that the day will come when all of your assignments will be complete. But until that day comes, stay faithful. Stay faithful. Whatever season you're in, I understand it's hard. Stay faithful. I know you've been praying about it for a long time. Stay faithful. I know that you don't even see the light at the end of the tunnel yet. God's there, trust him, stay faithful. The day's gonna come where all of your assignments are complete and you wanna be able at that point to say, I've done all that I was commanded. But here's what I love about this because there's kind of a plot twist here with the gospel. The irony of this is that Jesus is asking all of the disciples a series of kind of rhetorical questions, many of them assuming no. The disciples, as they're listening, they're, they're thinking, no, of course the master wouldn't say, when your work is done, just come hang out and recline at the table. Of course the master wouldn't thank the servant for just doing what he was commanded. But listen, here's the wild turn of events. Although an earthly master would never treat their earthly slave that way, Our heavenly master has gone, not only paid for our freedom, but left to prepare a place for us to thank us for our service. Imagine, just look at the way that that this has all flipped around now. He paid for us. And no earthly master would ever do this for their their earthly servant. And yet one day as followers of Jesus, through all of our pitfalls and failures, our faith in Christ, we will be able to stand confidently in front of Jesus and he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. He does not owe us that. And yet in this plot twist that we could have never predicted, the master is thanking the servant Is that not the gospel right there? The way that he has demonstrated love and gentleness to us. So I guess my thought when I think about that is, if a common servant would so faithfully serve a thankless master, how much more should we serve a grateful heavenly master? Who's paid the price for us and gone to prepare a place for us. Entitlement, listen, this is why we're, I'm, I'm saying death to entitlement, because entitlement is killing our intimacy with God and the joy of just knowing Jesus. So many of us get into this rut of waiting around for God to do something for us because of fill in the blank, something that I've done that I think God, God owes me for that. But this gets us in big trouble, and it really begins to rob us. And I wonder how many of us, follow me on this, I wonder how many of us are missing out on what God wants to do through us because we're standing around hoping God will just thank us first. We're missing out entirely on this. And I think what we need to do is we need need to change our posture towards serving Jesus. Because watch this. Entitlement has a posture, doesn't it? It's normally something like this. Waiting. Did you not see what I did back there? God, do you not know how long I prayed for that? God, do you know how many years I've been plowing the ground, planting a church, doing your work, arms crossed? That's entitlement. I'm just waiting to be thanked, waiting to be praised, waiting to be noticed. You know what the posture of humility is? It's not crossed arms. It's bent knees. And I wonder what our homes and our families and our neighborhoods and our church and our world would look like if there were a whole lot less crossed arms and a whole lot more bent knees. I wonder what God would do in us and through us as we just go, God, you don't owe me anything. I'm an unworthy servant. I just want to do all that I've been commanded. What if we live that way? Can you imagine how God might use us? What if we approached our church that way? What if we approached our family this, this way? On my knees as a servant, God just put me to work. And guess what? When one assignment's done, I'll go faithfully on to the next. I'm not here. I don't have time to stand around and, and, be, and wait for thanks. I'm just honored to be a part of what you're doing. Thanks for joining us for this message from Awaken Church. We'd love to hear how this message or the ministry of Awaken has impacted your life. Let us know at awaken.church forward slash my story.